Well, here we are again with the Cavern Today Podcast 23. Any new TCT podcast is reason to celebrate. Well, at least we celebrate, and we hope you do too. This program is very special because it marks our first broadcast since the official launch of Mist Online Uru Live. It's been a long three years, but Live really has launched at last, and the mood has been euphoric. After an initial slow start, things are starting to happen in the cavern. But I'll let Dalkin tell you about that in his news segment. Dalkin, over to you. After three long years of waiting, the cavern has finally been reopened. Parties erupted in the hoods following this momentous event, with more than a few explorers seen drunk with the heavy wine of a dream come true. Old hands, who have been on since the days of the first restoration attempt, freely mingled with new explorers to celebrate the move to the life on the 15th. Coinciding with the full commencement of the restoration was the release of Eddard Sogal, a partner age to Eddard Ellen, and now the second new age to be released since the first restoration attempt. It is an age not too dissimilar to Eddard Chemo, with plenty of green grass and several structures identical to those of Chemo, but it's very swampy, so watch out for the puddles when you visit. As of yet, there have been no other substantial changes. However, most explorers agree it's only a matter of time. With this new beginning, however, the old has finally passed away. The shards, small and independent gatherings of explorers down in the cavern, have now ceased to exist. The official shard, Damala, has been disbanded, while the independent shards have each been disbanded by their owners at the DRC's request. Some shards, like the Tapestry Shard, had going-away parties, opportunities for explorers to express their gratitude for the great work these shards had done in maintaining the community. While we move on to bigger and better things, the shards, I'm sure, will be remembered. In other news, another big event is coming up, the third annual St. Patrick's Day Parade. This will be the first time the event has been held since the new restoration started up, the first was held on the Tapestry Events Shard, and the second on Damala. One of the most memorable experiences of previous parades was the appearance of Rand Miller and other scientists who have participated in the marches. The march this year will proceed through several different hoods, including Uru Obsession, the Great Tree, and several others as well. The parade itself will take place on the 17th of March at 1pm Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Well, that's all for now. But with the new restoration up and running, there are sure to be many new events occurring in the near future, and we'll be keeping you up to date on all news coming out of the cavern. For now, this is Dalkin Starbine for The Cavern Today, signing off. Thanks very much, Dalkin. Great job as always. Well, the staff of the Cavern today had been discussing a roundtable feature for some time, but we hadn't managed to make it happen. At last, the long-awaited debut of Mist Online, Uru Live, provided us an excellent reason to proceed with the idea. Our panel for this segment comprises Janathus, Sherry, Anthony, and Lego Addict, and it's a treat to hear their collective views on Live and what it means to the community. Hello again. Welcome to TCT Talk our roundtable chatterbox about the goings-on in the cavern. 
With us today, we have... Anthony. Janathus. Lego Addict. And me, Sherry. All of us have heard the call. Many of us have been here for a long time. From the early beta days in 2003 to Prologue to Until Uru, then to Damala. Then back to the beta and open beta of Mist Online Uru Live in hopes that the cavern would come back to life and we would all finally see the day that Uru Live launches globally. In the close to four years that this process has gone on, some people have gone to other worlds, other places, taken time off from their activities in the cavern. But more and more, people are returning to the cavern, bringing new people with them to Uru lives along with themselves. And with everything else in their lives, they, they just keep coming back. Is it because we have a love of a love affair with the Atrus storyline? Is it the visual aspects of Uru that keep us coming back? Is it the community? Why do we all have such a love affair with the Mist franchise and with Mist Online Uru Live? Why do we stay? What makes us want to participate so badly? And why we have stayed committed to the success of Brand Miller's vision? Why do you, why do we all love Uru so much? And I'll fire the first shot. It's, it's the people. I mean, this is a unique breed of cat. It definitely is. But, you know, I, my first thought was, like, squee toys. But, you know, your, your suggestion sounds better. <laughs> give, give me plushy borrower, give me death. <laughs> I've said this more than once. The community actually brought me into Uru, not vice versa. I played Uru as a single-player game, and I got through the story with my little guidebook, and then I was done. I, it, was, it lasted, like, I think a week for me. And as time went on, I started listening to the Caverns Today podcast. I started uh, participating in the Uru Obsession and the Ubisoft's own Uru forums more and more. And that community is what drew me back into Uru to participate in the, the reason Uru exists for the community. So I totally agree that the community is, is the reason why we all keep coming back. But on the same note, I do like to explore alone. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna make a neighborhood. Janathus likes to be alone, and it'll be private. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it matter if it has a name if it's uh, private? Well, <sighs> not from the peanut gallery. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I, I keep thinking about it, and there are some of us who went over to there. And, you know, we were all stuck together. And the Therians looked at us like we were just had the plague or something was wrong with us because every time we turned around, we were solving problems instead of making them. You're not and, contributing to the drama. What's the problem? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's You're not contributing to the drama. You lead our university. You do all this stuff, and you don't hurt anybody, and you're not into shooting people. What do you people do? And uh, I'm into shooting people. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, now that's got to be cut from the <laughs> Hey, you know, I know many Not real people, only simulated people. How many people have been ambushed coming out by the Barrow Cave, down by the gun, by the Shroomy Dock? How many people have been ambushed? Oh, I shot at me. Um, the damage those bullets make is very temporary. If you notice, as soon as it hits, you see the little spot, and the spot disappears. Poof. So even if you were wounded, it would immediately disappear. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. You know, a part of the why people love this world so much is because it's nonviolent. Nobody, you know, you. This is not a violent world. We, you know, we hear stories about you know how the Barrow retreated and Escher and his Barrow pelt. I mean, that's about the uh, extent of violence that we see. I think that's actually pretty bad. Still, yeah. Well, we read about what uh, Sharper was doing with the uh, Shroomies. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, but we don't see it in everyday cavern life, though. We don't Absolutely. see that. It's not a part of the culture. No. Nope. No, instead we have jumping and cones. I yeah. think I went onto the live server last night, and I found all the cones at the at the foot of the stairs. Somebody had taken some real time and pushed a whole lot of cones down the stairs. Yeah, that would take some real time. <laughs> and you know with the new physics engine, they don't just fall right down the stairs. you you got to work at that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they send you into that little, uh, into that uh, space time fall where you're just sitting there in midair falling. And uh, I think uh, that space time warp. I think somebody was working on a cone hinge, but I could be wrong. Cone yeah, hinge that take some work. There's a new Conehenge. You've never heard of Conehenge, Sherry? I've never heard of Conehenge. Anthony, please educate her. I've heard of the Conehenge. It was invented in until the basic objective is you have a circle of cones around the central cone. It takes about most. The basic version takes most of the cones, if not all of them, from the uh, courtyard plus down near the ferry. Oh wow. That is a lot of cones. Hey, do you guys remember back in the day with the uh, pumpkins that they had instead of Eddie? Yeah, the pumpkins were heavy. The pumpkins yeah. were hard to move. Yeah, you have to like get a run and you hit them and they'd like roll two feet. Doom, doom. <laughs> and then you go back. Tup, 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 tup. Smack. Doom, doom, doom. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. I'll be here all night. <laughs> I'll see. Well, see, we this is going to be again this next uh, Halloween. That's true. Just imagine what would happen if we could use our hands to move stuff. Ooh. All the controls we'd have to map. I oh, think yeah. there people might uh, might have a point in how freaky we are. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have just spent lots oh, of yeah. We're talking freaky. about You cones, have to be unusual pumpkins, to enjoy these kinds of games these controls. days, don't you? It, Lego, I've said it once, I'll say it a hundred times, being an Uruite is like b- getting caught at the world's coolest Mensa convention. It is, because these are highly intelligent people. I mean, there is not probably one of us that has a sub-120 IQ in the entire community. I mean, because you have to be that smart to be in this world. So, you know what? Oh, no, or no, no. My that's smart to appreciate it, at least. Yeah. My favorite was the one the one girl who is over in uh, there, and she constantly looks down her nose at the Uru people and calls us freaks and all this other stuff. And she came, and she was trying to take part in the, the open beta, and she couldn't figure out how to get off of Relto. Now, this, to all of us, is like, you know, this is basics. like basics, and she couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that yeah. really entitles you to look down your nose then at us. you have a really <laughs> long road to hoe, yeah. Well, getting getting too close to live, let's talk a little bit about the uh, anniversary uh, last hoorah of Tapestry. Oh, uh, yes. Go Tapestry, right on for them. When I went in, I remember when they announced UU, I made a beeline and logged into the first available um it was, I think it was Chucker's Shard. That was the very first one that was up. Whoa. And I ran in, and I have a photograph of me just minutes after you you opened up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we're home. You know, it's not real home, but it's home. You know, it's still cavern. So, I don't know. I think that it's wonderful that Tapestry really put on a great deal for when they decided to close out. That's good. Yeah. Did you make it in there, Anthony, for that? Um, yeah, I did. My road to getting on Tapestry was... A little longer than your guys' is, though, probably. Uh, when I started, I actually gone to Uru about a year and a half ago. I had heard of Uru before uh, that, 
but had decided, no. To me, it was one of those, it's not missed. You know, multiplayer, third person. So I was... I had the same reservations. Like many of the uh, missed fans who said no to Uru, it was, that was my reasoning. I'm sure that didn't help Uru at all, but... Well, I think that was a kind of a breakdown in their marketing, because Rand Miller kind of made it sound like it was a foregone conclusion that plenty of people played Mist and Riven, and they weren't alone when they did it. But plenty of people were alone when they did it, and reveled in the alone experience. And so they didn't really... They just, In my opinion, they didn't market it right to draw yeah. the right people in, because it took some mind-opening for me to actually go in myself. You had the people from Mist who said, Mm-mm, it's not Mist, we're not going. And you had the people outside who said, oh, this is Mist, we don't want to mess with it. It was when I finally tried it and gave it a chance that I saw exactly how good it was. Mm-hmm. And I walked in on Tapestry one day. It, it took me a minute. I had to go through everything and figure out how to get to a hood. But uh, I got to a hood and immediately linked out when I saw the two people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I linked right out. <laughs> no, because Anthony, you're not alone. I did that too. I was scared to death. Uru was my first online world. I mean, Uru was yep. where I was born, so virtually at least. And you go in there, and you didn't want to say anything. You were just sort of like, oh, people, and you ran out. And <laughs> yeah. it was, I was so terrified because I was just like, what do I say to these people? And then when I was in Prologue, they were like, well, don't you know anything about Mist? I'm like, no, this is my really my only my second Mist franchise game. I haven't played Riven or Exile yet, and I had just gotten through Mist. So I went in, and, and finally I met up with Pepsi and, and Katie. We started having fun in the DLA, and, jeez, the rest is history. But, you know, at that same time, it is going to be a little hard, I think, for people who are just coming in and being introduced to our world, they're going to have a little bit of difficulty because they're going yeah. to do the first thing that we did, which was <gasps> people run. But you, you know, know just like run. you said that, you know, with uh, Mist, it just drops you on the island and you have to kind of figure it out. I think yeah. because Uru looks like it's moving in the direction of a um, a moving universe, like not not a lot of it is going to be single player from here on out, at least not the way I'm understanding it. Um, you're going to run into, like, people, as time goes on, the, the newer the person who comes in, the more they're going to have to pick up. Yeah. So, like, yes, that's true. groups like the Guild of Greeters are really going to have to, like, dig in and really help people because these people are going to be lost. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, hey, you don't have to wear a Guild of Greeters shirt to be nice to the people that you run into. Well, I'm oh, not going to be nice yeah, to the people with or without the shirt, so you know what? <laughs> oh, yeah. no, Actually, no. yeah, the perfect example was when I first uh, got into Uru. It wasn't Guild of Readers I went to. It was Tapestry, as I said. And the first person I met was, uh, well, she's pretty well known around here. It was Supergram. Supergram. I thought she was in the Guild of Greeters because she she served the function that I thought that they did. But the Guild of Greeters, I guess, actually had their own shard. Yeah. I, but I didn't know that at the time. And I thought, well, if she's wearing all green, <laughs> there's got to be a reason for all the green. She's got to be a greeter. Green greeter. Love you, Graham. I didn't say I was logical. I just said that so was my thought process. First impressions are very important. Uh, and she was very welcomoming, and, and she was good impression in Uru. Yeah, 
but you know the whole thing with tapestry you know the one thing that stands out in my mind that tapestry's legacy is is the cavern activities you know the tag team i mean i know a lot of great people from the tag team that were just absolutely awesome that actually when i was doing the first dunny games that they came to me and they said oh sherry what can we do to help what is the the tag team uh the The tapestry activities Activities group okay and that has segued now to the CAT, the Cavern Activities team. And mm-hmm. those are some great folks because they're really trying to put together some great things in the Cavern for us to be doing now that we're at launch. So it's, it's, it's going to be great to see what, what yeah. the future is going to hold. But, you know, Tapestry, Eric did a great job with that. And I really have to applaud him because he really did well. Well, we keep getting so close to that live topic. We just don't want to cover our yeah. bullet points. Next up, we're, t- we're going to give, give uh, some lip service to Until Uru closing down. Uh, Thoughts, feelings, emotions? The birthplace of the Dunny Games and the Ladies Garden Club, man. That's, that's where it all got, you know, for me, UU was very pivotal because, you know, UU, it wasn't the cavern. It wasn't the real cavern. It wasn't where everybody was at. You know, but it was a placebo or a pacifier to put in our mouth to say, okay, you've got the cavern to yourself right now. Let's see what you do with it. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm seeing people, and no offense to these people at all, but I'm seeing them crying in the, um, in the forums that, oh, you use closed down. It's, you know, the end of the world. And it's like, no, this is the beginning. I think the big point that people are getting upset about, and this is understandable, is that it's available in countries like Germany, unsupported countries. It's available truly globally, whereas at launch, Uru Live will not be. That, and it does not need a high-speed connection, and it, uh, of course, doesn't cost. Yeah, but still, you know, in all, I think that UU really served its purpose, Yes. It did. It served its purpose, and it served it well. It kept us together as a family. It kept us strong. You know, it, it kept us to where, you know, it kept us on track of where we wanted to go. And now that it's gone live, I'm hoping that the penetration to all the different countries is going to keep maturing and keep, you know, so that way we can welcome all the folks that are in you that are mourning the death of UU because of, the, it's not even the death, it's the actual, it was un until Uru, it's, we're at Uru it's, now. It's just, un, it's just a sentence. It's actually not a death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have to say that I'm grateful it was there, and I'm grateful for all of the people that it allowed to join us <clears throat> and for them to experience our way of life. You know, our people are very, you know, unique, and we're just so wonderful. And this gave them a taste of it. Now, live has gone live. Yay! We're home. <laughs> <laughs> In light of all of this, <laughs> I'm sorry. Why are we laughing? <laughs> because Sherry's laughing. I'm sorry. I'm contagious. Go on. In light of all the all the news, uh, the DRC has launched a new website, a rather stark website, but a website that's new nonetheless. Um, mm-hmm. Some in, some important features I noticed was on the m- main page is Kate Alexander. Ah, yes. You mean the really? big 300 by 300 photo of her? Uh, look, that. Yeah. L- looking, looking a little plasticky, I might add. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. She's never given us an interview. 
Well, you know, it's I, uh, I gotta I call him like I see him. Oh, I think she's this pretty. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I mean, I think she's kind of pretty. I think they did a really good job on her. I mean, people are going to think what they're going to think. They're going to, you know, everybody always, you know, there's one constant in the cavern that I've always noticed is that we have been so sheltered for so long that we don't realize something good when it happens to us. So I'm, I'm going to give Kate some breathing room. I'll see what she does. I'm going to give her a chance. I'm going to let it play out. I'll give her that, too. Uh, like I still might not agree with some of the things. That, uh, taking down the DRC site forum, I thought was a really bad tactical move. It's almost free advertising. Once you have a server, my experience is it doesn't cost anything or much more to run a server or a, a forum on top of that server, and it's free advertising. No, Lego, I dug in to those forums, and I read, and it was a lot of people being not nice to each other. You know, it's one of those things that, that I was kind of grateful that the, D, the DRC forums came down because simply it, people can't rip each other a new one anymore over there. And I like that. Yeah, they just find another place to do it, either they're in the cavern or at another forum. Well, that doesn't yeah. go away. You're just hiding the problem. All well, of the there are some places do. where things are more heavily moderated and checked. People are put in check a little bit more rapidly, which mm-hmm. might help. Um, foster a more pleasant environment which maybe some people are forgetting that we all enjoy <laughs> well, no, there, there are some folks that are just not going to be nice there are folks that have to stir the pot and it's one of those things where I always say make your words kind, gentle and tasteful for one day you may be forced to eat them and it's yes, true I saw that, I, saw, I love that quote by the way <laughs> it, it's, it's truth though I mean if people would think about what they say in the forums before they say it I mean this world is it's more utopian than anything else. I mean, they need to put all that negativity on side and push forward in a positive aspect. But a lot of people I mean, don't. A lot of people actually use the internet for a conduit of their negativity, and they they revel in the fact that you know they're anonymous and they can pretty much get away with whatever they want. People learn to play the system. They know how far they can go, and they go that far. If and maybe once in a while they'll fire a shot that's a little further to see if they can still get away with it. But one of the important lessons that I can't stress enough to everyone I talk to in the Uru community, as we diversify, as we pick up more people, these undesirable elements that we are familiar with, mostly in other sections of the internet or other online games, it is going to come in. It's going to be there. All All the undesirable elements that we have seen in other parts of the internet, people who talk trash all the time, it's going to come into Uru in some shape or form. Maybe not nearly as much as other places, but we just need to be ready that that's going to happen to some extent. It, it just, it, if we get more popular, that's the price of fame. You notice, for the longest time, people have been saying, where's the story, where's the story, where's the story? You know, hard work has been going on. Right, we're the story. We have to do things if we want to happen. Well, you know, that's, that's like I heard a quote that shot. answered that, that said, uh, this is missed. The journey is the reward. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's not the end that's the rewards the journey you have to remember that a lot of people are going to come in there and they're going to expect to see you know they're going to try to grieve people but when they realize that that's not what uru's about they'll leave they'll just pack up and go so i'm expecting in the first you know i'm expecting those type of people the the rabble rousers the griefers all those people who are going to be using all that hideous language in cavern like was up and all that other Tech, all that other whatever yeah. speak, and uh, well, at least the Abbeys can't stick their tongues out. 
Yeah. <laughs> and slash um, taunt. Yeah. I like taunt. Taunt is awesome. That is the greatest yeah. emote. I love that emote. But anyway, shake my fist. Yeah, shake fist. Oh, I am all about shake fist. But what we're gonna find is that those people who are going to come in and try to be, you know, like Second Life or like there or do the things that they did over in World of Warcraft or any of these online worlds, it's not gonna fly in Uru. This world isn't violent. This world is about using your brain, not your your fist to get the point across mm-hmm. and I think that that's very very important in why it is you know why a lot of us have this love affair with the community and why it is that we come back time and time again so uh, getting back to our DRC website update yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, I it must be destroyed. Shot topic. <laughs> um, well you know if, if we were steering the boat you just have to keep pushing Sherry off the wheel Sherry, we're going this way. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. Hey, we haven't sorry. been healthy with keeping it on target. So, um, so something that I, you know, that draws great focus for me is the the upcoming ages and what's what level of status they're at. And unless I miss my my guess, uh, level five means that we're close to getting said ages. Yep. So. Mm. Uh, we already have one of the ones that I got off the list for level 5. That's uh, Eater Delon. They're not all ages. Some of them are parts of the city. And I saw some interesting parts. I saw one about an aquarium. I can't wait for that one. I want the aquarium. I still look forward to the hood game room, personally. But I want the aquarium. In the aquarium? Yeah. It's been like, what, 250 years since Dunny fell? Who's been feeding the fish? We can we can get fish from the ages. Like, you be quiet. I, I want the aquarium, and I'm going to be happy with the aquarium, and Nothing you say is going to change that. Um, wait, Janathus? <laughs> yes? You got all this information off the DRC site, right? This that is, is under correct. the Restoration Project button? Correct. Okay, just checking. Thank you. Yes. In there, uh, I had to, not in there, but in the DRC site, <laughs> I, I went through the list just one by one in alphabetical order, picked off the ones that had level five. Alphabetically, not prioritizing, the first one is the Agura Museum. Which you know we've all been kind of wanting to get at the Anone Temple. We've all seen one form or another. But uh, yeah, but uh, Anone itself is level four for toxic waters, and I'm betting we won't see the Anone Temple without Anone because it's uh, rather pointless without Anone. I I don't know how you know this, Lego. You must be psychic. <laughs> Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Okay. Sorry. I'm oh. sorry. You sound so much like that. Oh, sorry. Oh. Another one called, um, pardon me if I get this in pronunciation wrong, Dorino. Dorino. Uh-huh. I, I, like, I like the Dorino. It's Dorino. Yeah. Duh. Anyway. <laughs> the next Garden Age, which was our first new age when live came out, Eater yeah, Sagal. Uh, Sogal, yeah. Sogal. Sogal, um, Arcana, the last three, Nedjalan, Negalan, 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 Neighborhood Kirel. There's another neighborhood besides my neighborhood. Wait, yes. wait, that was in the teapots. Oh. It was in teapots. So actually, Carol first appeared in uh, Tudini. Yeah, Tudini. Tudini. You, you oh, mean sorry. you mean the world doesn't revolve around my neighborhood? No. Hopefully, we'll have multiple styles before we're through. No. People just line up to bash me. (laughs) 
You're just so bashable. <laughs> healing target. <laughs> and the last one, and it's it's spelled U R A N. You can pronounce it however you want. I'm not even try. Uran. I don't don't care. No 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 no. I've got it. You ran anyway. You ran. I will. So lots of potential. Lots of potential for new stuff to come in. You know, no. all I keep thinking about is all of the spaces on my bookshelf. There was a book from Antelou. Well, all the spaces on your bookshelf, I'm just thinking, well, if live really ramps up, we're going to need more bookshelf space. I thought that was... The <laughs> so we're going to have to get a Relto page for extra bookshelf. That's true. Yeah. But, I mean, I keep looking at the dock going, come on, dock. There's got to be a boat that's going to get there and take me to somebody else's Relto. I don't I know. No, it's for you to jump off or skydiving. Oh, yes. I'm hoping for the imager to come back sometime. I'm waiting oh, until they open imager. up the Great Zero. Yeah, yeah you know I could never even remember to take key pictures, so my imager was always empty. Oh, I, I am picture happy every time I turn around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Except my key fills up. Like, why do they have to have a limit? Isn't it stored on your computer? No, uh, they're stored both on your computer and the server. Oh, that's that's why you have to be like a member of a hood to put your key images on the imager, uh, something like that. Some some logical dis- distinction. Uh, wrapping it up. Look at everything that we've talked about. Jeez, four years, four years we've waited until launch, and you know what? It's our love of the community is you know un. You can tell we all love the community, and we love the people in it. There are some things that we don't like, some things we do like. But like my mother always said, we all have to do things we don't necessarily like to do so we can get on to the things that we do want to do. So, you know, I think that we have encompassed every facet of why we all come and call that place called Uru home, you know, where we're all ourselves and where everything is and will always be a family-oriented and, you know, a peaceful, almost utopian place to be. And for the cavern today, this is... Anthony. Janathus. Lego Addict. And Sherry, signing off. What are you eating? Cool cleft flavor Janitos. What did you think I was eating? Octopus plant? Well, no, but you're making an awful lot of noise. I can't help it. I'm hungry. I snagged this bag from Zandy's trailer, and they're really good. After a long day of exploring, there's nothing better than dipping your feet in the cool pools of Gura and dipping your hand into a bag of cool cleft-flavored Donitos. Well, let me try one. Oh, where can I get a bag for myself? I thought I saw a vending machine down in the shopping district. You might want to try there. They also have shrimp flavor, spore, guacamole, and lava pepper. All right. Be right back. Okay. Many of us are drawn to the worlds of Uru for their beauty. We love to get lost in the ages and to immerse ourselves in their wonders. One of the great things about the Uru community is that many of us are creators too, artists with our own visions. We choose to share those visions in many different ways. Graphic art, the written word, voice acting, and of course, with music. Ian Moreland has blessed us on previous occasions with his compositions, and we're proud to offer another of Ian's pieces in this podcast. 
Please join us now for another of Ian's works entitled History of the Sky. Thank you. 
Well, I learned something the other night. Leftover pizza, classic Disney movies, and Uru are a dangerous combination. But perhaps I'd better explain. My wife was out with some of her friends, and so I was on my own for dinner. Now, this wasn't a problem. Since we'd gone out for supper the night before, I'd brought home about a half of a large sausage pizza, so supper was taken care of, and the fact that I'd inadvertently left the thing out on the counter all night shouldn't make a difference. Should it? Well, I warmed it up and carried it into the living room. I put on one of my favorite Disney DVDs, and I settled down for the proverbial dinner and a movie, and all was fine for a while. During the most exciting part of the movie, I started to notice some rumblies down in my nether regions, and it occurred to me that perhaps it's not a good thing to leave pizzas out on their own all night after all. They start to get ideas, and they become rebellious. Well, I reluctantly turned my movie off and took an antacid, and that seemed to help a bit. So, instead of going straight to bed, I fired up my PC for a bit of cavern time before settling in for the night. Well, everything was normal enough at first. I found myself in my relto. I walked into my hut, and I linked to my hood. But while walking toward the linking room, I caught a movement out of the corner of my eye, and to my amazement, down in the light garden, I saw none other than Mickey Mouse. He was dressed in his costume from The Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I knew it was him because I, uh, <laughs> I moused over him, and his ID showed as Mickey Mouse, so it, it just had to be him. And besides, he showed up in my buddy list, which made me happy, because all my life I'd suspected that if I ever met Mickey Mouse, he'd be my buddy. That's just the sort of mouse he is. Well, anyway... He was leading a flock of walking brooms. They'd formed a bucket brigade, and they were carrying water from the waterfall to the light garden, and they were dumping that water into the stream. Well, needless to say, I was flabbergasted. But when I remembered that Cyan had promised us some new content, I relaxed a bit. After all, they had partnered with Disney to make Guru Live possible, hadn't they? Stay with me, this is going someplace. So I rushed to the linking room, ignoring the mermaids in the fountain... Oh, gosh, new content was one thing, but this was a bit much. I approached the pedestal with the Edder Dellen linking book and placed my hand on it. I figured that after a jolt like seeing the mouse and the brooms, a bit of time in a quiet garden might be just the thing. I materialized in Dellen just in time to hear a sweet female voice saying, Now, Dopey, wait your turn. You know we've talked about this. And a gruff male voice responded, Oh, give it a rest, Princess. You know he's never going to get this right. I looked, and once again I couldn't believe my eyes. Standing at the Dellen Cave door was none other than Snow White, and stationed at each of the seven journey cloths was, you guessed it, a dwarf. Well, Dopey, blushing a deep pink, was taking a scolding from Grumpy while the other dwarves stood around looking perturbed. I heard Doc say, Oh, for pity's sake, Dopey, it's been an hour. Have a heart. And without a second thought, my hand shot to my relto book, I slapped it, and moments later I found myself standing in my hut, attempting to comprehend what I'd just seen. Well, out of sheer curiosity, I linked to the city, and as before, I saw things that just didn't seem right. For example, there was the glass slipper on the great staircase, the dragon way up on the guild hall, the pirate ship out on the lake, the young lady walking across the Dakota Plaza with her nose buried in a book, the mountain demon raging up on the great zero pinnacle. You get the idea. So this was Uru Live? I never expected it would be like this. So once again, I linked back to Relto. 
I just knew that they couldn't have changed everything. So in desperation, I linked to Garrison. Well, this was the last straw. Not only was the main fortress spinning faster, but it had sprouted a batch of rocket ships on arms that moved up and down at the behest of the deliriously happy avatars who were seated in them. Oh, this couldn't be happening. Not only that, but on the piazza on top of the first building, I saw the roller coaster ride from Amateria in Mist 3 Exile with a long line of Avies queued up and waiting for a ride. Boy, talk about recycling earlier content. In fact, there were long lines of Avies everywhere I looked, all waiting for something or other, and they all seemed to be taking it in stride. In fact, I saw one comment come up on my key chat. Yeah, there is a lot of waiting, but you get used to the lag. Eventually. So, for the last time, I linked back to Relto and found that it had been transformed into a gift shop. There were display racks filled with avi clothing, all bearing portraits of Disney characters, as well as a few with pictures of Atris, Catherine, and Gan, and so on. There were bins of stuffed Mickey Mouse dolls crowded together with squeeze. There were posters showing scenes of the Riven submarine with Captain Nemo waving from the hatch. The Mist Island ship with Peter Pan battling Captain Hook, rubber moiety daggers, and who knows what else. About that time, I realized that I must have found the elusive Pepperoni Yisha page, because interspersed among the islands in the clouds around my relto were slices of the stuff and scattered about in front of my hut were chunks of sausage, along with breadsticks that fell through the ground when you kicked them. At that moment, I felt a gentle shaking. Oh, great, I thought, now it's an earthquake. Was the relto cleft going to open up and swallow me? I heard someone calling my name, and suddenly the scene shifted yet again, and I found myself slumped at my desk, with my wife shaking me by the shoulder. I looked around in alarm, but instead of the crowds of garishly dressed avies, posters, souvenir clothing, plush toys, sausages, etc., I saw my own den and my dear wife looking pale as she gently asked, What's the matter with you, anyway? I started to explain, but then I thought better of it, and I kissed her, and I headed for bed. I don't think she would have understood, somehow. For the cavern today, this is Mowog signing off. Well, we realize Valentine's Day is past, but love never goes out of season. And here's Ken Telenome with some observations. Greetings. This is Ken Telenome pulling himself up from behind the Cavern Today forums and making a rare appearance on a podcast to bring you a quick overview of one of our most popular holidays. In many parts of the world, February 14th is celebrated as Valentine's Day. On this day, we dote upon our significant others with gifts and sweet sayings. Of course, for those of us not engaged in such relationships, we like to think of this day as Singles Awareness Day in celebration of our free status. However one chooses to celebrate the day, though, it is surprising how many people know very little about the day itself. The name Valentine's Day comes from three different persons, all named Valentinus, all of whom were early Christians and all of whom were martyred. The Catholic Church declared February 14th to be the feast day for St. Valentine at the turn of the 6th century. Legends fly around about exactly why the Valentines were each martyred, but one version says that Emperor Claudius II of Rome wrote a law requiring all single men to remain single, believing that married men made poor soldiers. Not surprisingly, this law did not go over well with the common men, 
and one St. Valentine was caught performing secret marriages for them. While in jail, it is rumored that St. Valentine wrote a letter to either the jailer's daughter, whom he reportedly cured of blindness, or his beloved, signed, From Your Valentine, a phrase we still use today. With all of these depressing thoughts, how did Valentine's Day ever get associated with love? While the origins of the feast day are murky, the origins of modern Valentine's Day traditions are even harder to discern. It has been argued that February 14th was chosen for the feast day because it coincided almost exactly with an ancient Roman fertility festival, Lupercalia, at least until Pope Galatius abolished it. This was not an uncommon trend. The same argument has been made about Christmas and Easter. Romantic love, however, is first associated with Valentine's Day by the poet Geoffrey Chaucer, though he was referring to a different feast day for a different St. Valentine, the Bishop of Genoa, who died in the early 4th century. The tradition of sending cards on Valentine's Day in the United States really got going in the 19th century when a company began mass-producing cards for the occasion. It wasn't long before other companies began getting in on the deal, and now everything from cards to chocolates, flowers, and even diamonds are given on this day. While the Catholic Church, in an effort to reduce the number of feast days, removed St. Valentine's Day from their official calendar in the 1960s, it is still continued to be celebrated. Valentine's Day traditions are held all over the world, sometimes at different times and for different reasons. For example, the Welsh holiday, St. Dwenwyn's Day, is celebrated on January 25th and commemorates the patron saint of lovers. In Sweden, due to influences from American culture, commercial companies started All Hearts Day to celebrate romantic love, and American listeners will notice the striking similarity between All Hearts Day and Sweetest Day. In Slovenia, February 14th was associated with growing things based on an old proverb and only recently has been associated with love. These examples are just from Europe. Variations on this day are celebrated by people of all continents, except Antarctica, which has no native peoples. Valentine's Day may be past, but it's important to remember that love is not just a one-day-a-year thing. Whether you have a significant other or just a few good friends, Valentine's Day is a day where we are encouraged to express our love for those around us. It is a day for moonlit walks, comfy fires, and candlelit dinners, or just spending some time enjoying the company of loved ones. I wish everyone a late, heartfelt, happy Valentine's Day. The world could use a little more love, and what better way to start than a simple I love you or I'm glad you are my friend. Here's to more love, better friendships, and greater enjoyment. Thank you, Ken. And as always, thanks go out to everyone who contributed to this month's podcast. Dalek and Starbine for the news, Janathus, Sherry, Anthony, and Lego Addict for putting together the roundtable discussions, and to Ian Moreland for yet another stirring musical contribution. I'd like to add a special thanks to Janathus for working behind the scenes as producer and assembler of this month's program. In closing, I'd like to take this chance to speak on behalf of the entire Cavern Today staff and to offer our warmest congratulations to the fine folks at Cyan Worlds. The dream is finally coming true, and we are very proud to have been even a small part of that dream. To all of our listeners, please take the time to visit the Cavern and Aegis whenever you can, and let's show Cyan and GameTap how much we love the marvelous worlds of Mist. Until next time, Shora. For the Cavern Today, this is Moag signing off. <laughs>